Welcome to episode 19 of the Gambots Podcast. I'm your host, Eric, and this is my co-host. It's Christian. On this week's episode, we got something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about our top television shows, movies, and games of 2018, as well as doing a little bit of a buyer's guide, uh, if you have gotten a new PlayStation 4. So first, Christian, what were your favorite television shows of 2018? I'm going to say The Haunting of Hill House and The New Doctor Who. So why were they at the top of your list? Hill House, I think just because of how much it surprised me. Like I, I had heard about it. I had heard it was scary and I, I was excited about it for Halloween and everything else. And man, when I dived into it, I really dove, dove in hard and it hit me a lot more than I thought it was going to. It was, it was great from all angles. That's cool. Well, what was your favorite episode of this season? It had to be episode six, which is called Two Storms. It was the one with that extremely long uh, single shot, and it flashed back and forth between the, the present and the past with like a, a single theme running through the whole episode. It was really, really, really well done. And if anyone listening has not heard the episode, you can check out episode 11, where uh, Christian talked a lot more in depth about his thoughts on the haunting of, of Hill House. And then you also said Doctor Who was one of your favorite television shows. Why was that up there? Well, it was it was something special this year, especially because it was the premiere of the new Doctor as a, a woman, which was something that the internet had hotly debated whether they liked that or not, and I didn't really care. But uh, it was it was really good. Jodie Whittaker does a great job as the new Doctor, and Chris Chibnall does a great job as the new writer. He brought a lot of heart to the the show this season. That not not that it had been missing heart in the past, but I think the season this year really focused more on relationships and on the the characters themselves more than the like sci-fi storylines, which was refreshing. And we didn't actually get a chance to talk about the season finale. Have you have you actually finished this season? Is is it over right now? It's kind of over. So they they did do a season finale, but then there's usually a Christmas episode every year. This year they're doing the New Year's episode. So technically, the last episode of the season will be on uh, New Year's Eve. Do you have a favorite episode of Doctor Who from this season? It would probably be Demons of the Punjabi. I talked a little bit about that episode when we did like the mid-season roundup of Doctor Who a few episodes back. It was really well done. It's kind of the epitome of what I was talking about with him bringing more focus onto the characters than the the sci-fi elements. I think he does a really good job of telling a story about people that just happen to be in like a a sci-fi setting rather than telling a sci-fi story. Very cool. I know I'd said before, I I really like some of the seasons of Doctor Who, but I have not been able to check this one out. Yeah, I would highly recommend this season. The writers and Creators have said that you don't really need to get caught up or even really need to have seen any of the older ones. This was kind of not really a reboot, but it's it's like a relaunching point so that people don't have to wade through however many 10, 10 previous seasons if they want to start today. Yeah, I'm just one of those people who if I start something, I, I like to start from the beginning. It can be good in some instances, but others it's bad where I just I just won't do something because it's too daunting. For example, I would love to get into game of thrones but there's so many seasons that i just don't have the 72 hours or whatever it is of of episodes there to get caught up in me oh man no game of thrones you you gotta i'm one of the i feel like i'm one of the few people who haven't watched it i read the first one and a half books but they were so slow i figured the tv show is a little bit better for me but i haven't haven't done it yet no that's too bad 
Well, what about you? What would you say your top TV show for the year was? The only TV show that I think I watch consistently that I love is Bob's Burgers. It is my favorite, probably one of my favorite animated shows of all time. It's, I think it's better than The Simpsons. I think it's hilarious. It's so consistently good that I can't say if it's better year over year. And because it's on like a normal syndication schedule, 28 encompasses most of season eight and then the first like five episodes of season nine and season <laughs> nine has been really good so far and season eight was solid. Nice. Yeah. I do like Bob's burgers. I'm, I'm way behind on it. I think I may have seen just the first three seasons back when it was on Netflix. And then when it disappeared from Netflix, I kind of lost track of it. Yeah. It's on Hulu right now. And it's become the show that if I have nothing else to watch when I'm eating and I want something on, <laughs> I just start an episode of that on because it's like comfort food to me at this point. Like I, every episode standalone. So I don't have to worry about getting into it and wanting to binge watch it. I just pick a random episode and I'm good to go. Yeah, that is nice. All right, Christian. And next, uh, what do you think was the worst TV shows that you've seen this year? Well, I'm going to be honest. I didn't dislike really much of anything with a TV show. I can kind of, I I won't force myself to watch it. If I'm not into it, I'll give it one or two episodes and then I'll I'll quit. So there's nothing I really went through that I disliked. I will say I was extremely disappointed in the lack of stranger things. So that'll probably be my entry for this. I'm just really disappointed that there was no stranger things in 2018. I feel like the first season came out in the summer Uh, two years ago and then the second season came out in October of last year for Halloween and I was so so excited and then running up to it I wasn't seeing any advertisements or anything and then I got so sucked into Hill House like I said that I kind of forgot about it for a little while but yeah looking back um, I was I'm, I'm missing Stranger Things this year I need my fix again on like weird things that everyone has seen but i haven't i i did watch the first season of stranger things and i liked it but i don't think i liked it nearly as much as everyone else did i I did not watch the second season and everyone gushes about it that i talked to yeah the first season was definitely better than the second but the second i think was still pretty good all my all my knowledge of the second season comes from internet memes (laughs) all right so yeah what was your worst tv experience of the 2018 so similar to you if i don't like a show i just don't watch it and i don't I have like the basic cable. So I pretty much watch everything on Hulu. So I just have the same rotation of shows where I watch Modern Family. I used to watch The Metal, but that ended over the summer. So that series is done. I watch The Goldbergs and I watch Fresh Off the Boat. And then I watch reality TV like Survivor and RuPaul's Drag Race. That's about the only TV shows I consistently watch as they air. And I got to say, I was really disappointed in Modern Family. I think it's maybe good that it's ending. Wonder Family was one of my favorite shows when it came out in, I think it was 2009. The first season was so good. You never really saw them have like a gay couple getting a kid or anything like that. And it was, it was a new style of television show where they, they kind of pulled from the office of you had the one-on-one interviews. It was sort of mockumentary-ish. You had the cutaways for gags and them explaining stuff. It was really good, but as as the years have gone on, that show has just become more stale, and I just watch it out of dedication right now. And I'm actually three episodes behind. I'm just it's it's a trudge to watch with because I put so much in time into it at this point. I'm I'm going to finish it out, but I I really am disappointed with this season. Oh man, that's too bad. Yeah, you you hate to see a show that you really enjoyed go down. Yeah, and it's and it's not bad. It's still fine. It's just I don't love it anymore. It's not something I look forward to watching. Uh, another good show that actually I forgot about because it, it airs differently is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
was good this year. Oh, my yes. Uh, but it's, it's good every year. <laughs> yes, indeed. Did you see the uh, the trailer that NBC put out for the new season? No, I did not. It's uh, It has Jake on top of like a building, basically reenacting like a diehard situation. And it's it was it was pretty solid. I would definitely look it up, look at it on YouTube. I saw a couple of people say like it was a big middle finger to Fox because NBC went so hard on this trailer. That's great. I mean, I, I, we were talking about best of TV. I think Brooklyn Nine Nine's cold openings are some of the funniest openings of any show ever. They're so good. Oh man, yeah, the, some of them are absolutely fantastic. So next we're going to be talking about our top movies of 2018. Christian, you see a lot more movies than I do. What are your favorite movies of 2018? I'm going to put my number one as Into the Spider-Verse. Really? I, I saw that too. I'm a huge fan. Why do you like that one so much? I, it was just everything. Like like we talked about, I think, last week or last episode. It was It was the music. It was the animation. It was the voice acting, the story. It hit all the right notes at all the right moments. And that, and I wasn't really expecting much from it. Like my number two is going to be Infinity War. I, I really debated what order I wanted to put these in. But I talked to a coworker of mine and she kind of describes Infinity War less as a movie and more of an event. And I definitely agree with that. Like Infinity War was amazing by itself, but it, what put it over the top was the 10 year build up to it. And so it's hard to analyze it just on its own merits because it's so tied to all these other movies. Whereas Spider-Verse, I really had no expectations going into and it, it blew me away. Yeah, and it, it's funny you chose that too. I think Infinity War had to be the most hyped movie of the year and I would say it mostly delivered. And two, the Spider-Verse had to have been the least hyped Marvel movie of the year. Like I think Venom had more preview presence and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think so too. But I, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Venom because I was thinking when I was making this list that this has just been a great year for Marvel movies. It's probably been Marvel's best year between Spider-Verse and Black Panther and Infinity War and Deadpool 2. Like This was a good year for Marvel movies and, and Venom, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, Venom even did well in the box office, even though it was more or less critically panned. And I eventually saw it. I, I know we talked about it on the episode before, sorry, on the podcast before I had actually seen it, but I thought it was like a fun movie. And they had the preview for Spider-Verse in it, which actually was my first time even seeing that this, like Into the Spider-Verse was a thing. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of talk about Venom online, not too, about Tom Hardy said they cut all his favorite scenes. And so he's been posting every now and then like a deleted scene from Venom onto his Twitter or whatever else. And some of them are hysterical. That's I would really like to see like an extended cut come out at some point with like all the cut scenes in it. Sorry to get back to your point on Infinity War being an event and having 10 years of buildup. I, I, I agree with you and your coworker on this one. I actually saw this with some friends over a weekend when we were on a trip and it came out. So like half the party wanted to see it and the other half do not like the Marvel movies. But they, they, you know, they, they want anyways to be good sports. They, I don't think they are fans, you know, like they're like, I don't know what was going on. And I, I really didn't care about any of these characters. So if you had not seen any of the movies beforehand or really just like had seen Iron Man or whatever back in 2008, I don't know if Infinity War really is as good as Spider-Verse is as a standalone. Yeah, it's true. Like, I'm, I mean, yeah, it's essentially the like 19th movie in a series. It's just... It, it would be almost impossible to just go in and be ready to go. It would be like going in and watching the last 10 minutes of any other movie. 
Yeah, the most apt comparison would be Justice League. They did the build-up for Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman prior to Justice League, but Aquaman comes out a year plus later. Cyborg and The Flash have no build-up, so they're trying to build some backstories into there. It doesn't work as well, whereas the Marvel ones literally had how many movies to set up to Infinity War. Yeah, so there were, I mean, there were five movies just to set up the first Avengers. When Endgame comes out, it will be the 22nd movie in the series. That's crazy. That's so many movies in 10 years. Infinity War really was an an event. I remember when we went in and the Marvel Studios logo came up and the IO and Studios turned into the number 10 and I got all excited. I was like, oh man, it's the 10-year anniversary of Iron Man coming out. Like, it was a whole thing just unto itself. Yeah, I'd say definitely the biggest movie of the year. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Marvel movies, uh, or at least Marvel comics, one of my top movies of the year, like I said, Into the Spider-Verse, my other one was Deadpool 2. I was surprised at how good of a sequel this was, and I I had forgotten that it actually came out in 2018. It seemed much longer ago to me. (laughs) Uh, But Deadpool Deadpool 2 was awesome. Fox has had a really good couple of runs with their past movies. They had Deadpool 2 this year. They had Venom. They had Into the Spider-Verse. And last year they had Logan, which was my favorite movie of 2017. But Deadpool 2 was funny. I think it was way better than the first one. I I just couldn't believe what they did with it. I was a huge fan of how they introduced the X-Men cast and all that stuff. Overall, one of my top movies of the year. Yeah, I would agree with you. I I did really like Deadpool 2. I was a little nervous just because I I know I know how sequels can go sometimes, especially when you have such a hard hit with like the the first Deadpool. I would say it had it wasn't as funny as the original, or maybe it was funny in just a different way. But I definitely think it had a better story than the original did. I like that they did away with his love interest in this one because I'm not a huge fan of love stories in movies. I think they're overdone. So I was happy that they got away from that and dealt with him kind of growing as a character. Because, you know, I, I like Deadpool. I've read some of his comics and, you know, he is witty and all that, but he does have a different personality to him. And I think they, they showed that he's not just a, a wisecracking guy. Like he has some emotions to him as well. Yeah. And I feel like they almost had to because that was his whole motivation for the first movie was just getting back to his woman. And now that he did, I feel like he didn't have any story left. Like he didn't have anywhere else to go. And also, I didn't get to see it. They did a reboot, of, like a PG-13 version of Deadpool, like uh, parodying The Princess's Bride uh, with Fred Savage and stuff. And I wanted to get a chance. I, di- I didn't get a chance to see that, but I wanted to. I heard it was pretty funny. Yeah, I also heard it was good. It's sitting in my Netflix queue right now. Uh, and then my other, the other movie of the year, I really, really liked. And if anyone has a chance to go see it, I think you should. I, it's probably the most wholesome movie I saw this year. It's Won't You Be My Neighbor. It's the uh, Fred Rogers documentary. It is so well done. Yeah, I, I kind of forgot about that movie. We, we got it here. I was surprised because we weren't supposed to at first. And yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, it was a lot of places. I, I did not think it would come to one of our theaters, and I'm so glad it did. It was so good. Mr. Rogers is an icon. I think it did him justice, and it made me learn more about him that I didn't know and how he fought for public broadcasting and just how much he cared for making children feel safe and all that stuff. It, it's a really good documentary, and if anyone out there hasn't seen it, I, I really suggest going to check it out. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Christian, and now for what are the worst movies you saw in 2018? I've got two. 
One of them is going to be a little controversial because I know a lot of people liked it, but it was Simple Favor. I hated Simple Favor. I've not actually heard of this. What is Simple Favor? Simple Favor, well, I I think we talked about it on one of our episodes. Really? Yeah, it was one of the earlier ones. Simple Favor is a mystery movie with Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively, where Blake Lively goes missing and Anna Kendrick has to try and figure out what happened to her friend. Okay, I remember this one. It has it has a twist ending. It it has like nine twist endings. It's real That's strange. Right. That's right. Okay. And hard to keep track of. And I, yeah, I just, I was not a fan of this movie. I went in real excited about it and it really, it disappointed me. And then what is your other one? The other one is Holmes and Watson, which I literally just watched last. That, I've heard that one just getting reamed on the internet reviews. Oh man, I was so excited for it, and then I saw it was sitting at a zero on Rotten Tomatoes, and then I, I think it climbed to a six or a nine maybe now, but oh man, zero was too high. So it's that bad? It is horrible. Would you say all-time bad movie? Well, not not all-time, but man, it's, it's down there. <laughs> yeah, like from minute two or three, I was like, oh no. Oh no! I should not have watched this. That's kind of surprising because you—I mean, even Will Ferrell's bad movies usually have some redeemingly funny parts. Like Anchorman Two, I hated it, but some parts were funny. I, it's surprising to hear there's like nothing good about this one. Yeah, it was—it was rough. <laughs> like the movie opens with a quote from Hannah Montana. Oh my gosh! So, so from literally the opening scene, I was like, mm, maybe not. You're like nowhere to go but up, right? <laughs> you would think. And yet, yeah, we we decided to watch that last night after we were done playing games. And uh, oh, man, what a mistake it was. To choose the worst movie I saw this year, uh, it's probably Ready Player One. I went through my list. That was my least favorite movie I'd seen in theaters. Really? Um, I, I read the book, and okay. it's like mixed, mixed on me. Like I kind of like the book. I kind of don't. I think the movie's a worse version of the book. I think the book has some good parts, and I think the movie takes away a lot of the cooler, like nerdier Dungeons and Dragons type thing from the book that happened in, be- in the beginning. And they start out the movie with just this stupid race. And I don't know. I didn't really like the CG animation they decided to go with in it. I, I just was not a huge fan of the movie. Yeah, I wouldn't say I was. I, I really enjoyed it. It was. It was fine for me. I never read the book, and like. I know the book is based a lot around like 80s culture, which is not something that I really at all care about. And so I kind of went in the movie as like, a, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch it and see what it's all about. And I came out entertained, but that's entertained is probably as high as I would go as praise was. Yeah. And, and they, they did update it because I think a lot of the references maybe don't work as well to a modern audience. Because it seems like they're marketing this towards millennials or as the guy who wrote Ready Player One. The market was more towards kids who grew up in the 80s. I had to pick one. I wouldn't say it's a horrible movie. It's just definitely the worst movie that I had seen this year. But there are worse ones out there. Oh, yeah. And then finally, what was the biggest surprise movie you saw this year? The one that you thought would be bad or you had no expectations for, and then you went and saw it, and you're blown away by how much you liked it. Well, I think my biggest surprise of the year was probably Blockers. I would actually pick that one as well. I really like Blockers. 
Yeah, like I wasn't expecting much from it. I think I'm I'm realizing about myself just talking through this podcast that I think I enjoy movies more just based on my expectations of them. Like if I if I'm not expecting much and it's even just pretty good, I'm gonna enjoy it a lot more just because it surprised me. But yeah, I I went in with really no expectations of blockers and it it really was really funny. It, it kind of cemented John Cena for me as like, yes, I'm a big John Cena fan. Yeah, I entirely only wanted to see Blockers because John Cena was in it. And I was like, <laughs> I'll give it a chance. And man, he he was so good in it. I actually think the kids who played the daughters did a really good job, too. And I, I think it's like a realistic portrayal of high school kids going and partying and dealing with virginity and that kind of thing. It would surprise me how earnestly and seriously they took this comedy movie, but were still able to make it funny. Uh, yeah, I, I just I agree with you about it being refreshing that these kids seemed more realistic. Like I've watched movies about kids being like crazy partiers and in high school and like I'm sure there are kids like that but when I watch a movie like that I I can't help but think to myself like I don't know any kids that are like total psychopaths from high school they they just seem more like the kids in this movie like, they want to go have fun but like they're still kind of afraid of their parents oh the 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 John Cena butt chugging scene was my favorite favorite part of the movie <laughs> Another standout for me was the, the the other dad who's played by Ike Barinholtz, who's in probably just in this year become a, a favorite of mine. I really like him as an actor. He was good, too. I thought when I saw the previews, I didn't pay too close attention. I thought he was uh, Ed Helms at first, and I was totally wrong when I went in there. I was surprised. Yeah, but I could totally see that. Like, he was in the movie Snatched with, with Amy Schumer and Goldie Hawn, which was a terrible movie. Do not watch that movie. But he was hysterical in it. Uh, that's the first time I really remember seeing him. And I've seen him in a, a few things here and there ever since. He's been in the Two Neighbors movies. And he was in Sisters a few years ago. All right. Well, I definitely won't check out Snatch. Then. Oh, yeah. It's real bad. All right. Now and on to the top games of 2018. And I want to I specify on this one that these are the top games that were released in 2018 that i actually played of my list my number one game i think right now that i've played in 2018 is spider-man i'm about 33 percent of the way through my feelings might change towards the end because i hear it gets a little bit grindy but oh my gosh it's so much fun i'm glad i gave this game a chance yeah i've really heard nothing but great things about spider-man the the web slinging mechanic in it is awesome how you upgrade suits is really cool it, overall, very fun game. I'm definitely going to be talking about it in the new year once I get the Platinum. Uh, another game I really liked was Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Again, I haven't Platinum this game. I put about 20 hours into it. It's so much fun. I like the upgrade mechanics, but this one's a little bit hit or miss because a lot of people were mad about the microtransactions we talked about earlier this year. Mm-hmm. But again, another game I really enjoyed that I actually played that was released in 2018. And finally, one of the, my other games is I recently got Smash Brothers Ultimate, and there's been nothing but good things said about it. It is very good. I gotta say, it's maybe my second favorite Smash of all time. I love Smash on the 64, so that's probably nostalgia goggles keeping it up there, but I it's it's really good. It's better than Smash on the Wii U. Yeah, I it's it's the one game that I wish I had a Switch for. I know they'll never do it because it's such a hardcore Nintendo property, but I would love to see Smash come to a console that I have. Uh, how about you, Christian? Is there a game that you've played from 2018 that you really like? Honestly, I think the only game I've played that came out this year is the Spyro Reignited. 
And what do you think of it? It was amazing. It was just as good as I remembered it being as a kid and and much prettier. And I actually was able to platinum it uh, just a few days ago. I, I stayed up and I finished the first one. So now I'm going to be moving on to uh, Ripto's Ridge. Nice. Are you normally a guy who likes platinum stuff, or was this just because Spyro is you basically play the game, you can get the platinum on it? it. Yeah, it depends on the game. I'm really enjoying the kind of leisurely, relaxed atmosphere of Spyro, where I don't have to be doing real battle with anything, and the stakes are very low. I, I'm I'm just really enjoying that <laughs> that feeling of gameplay. So I'm looking forward to taking that into the the two sequels. But I'm also going to be moving on to, like, I, I bought the Crash Bandicoot trilogy today, and I also bought the Spider-Man game today. So I, I'm going to be moving on to a few other things moving forward. Oh, Christian, Spider-Man's so good. It, it, and it's a, I don't, like, yeah, I don't know, like, I hunt these Platinums. Pretty easy Platinum. You just got to play the game. It's so fun. But, yeah, like, with Spyro, especially for the first one, I never got 100% on the game when I was little. I think I was just probably bad at video games when, because this came out when I was like, I want to say nine. Yeah. And uh, like, I, I know I never finished the flying levels when I was a kid. And so it was exciting the other night when I opened up that last level for getting all the gems in, in all the other worlds. I was like, oh man, this is the only level in this game I've never played before. So that was cool. Cool, man. That's awesome. You got a chance to like go relive that. And what do you think of the flying levels? Oh, God, they were terrible. Although I have to say, on the topic of Spyro, very briefly, I have to say there's one level in that first game that I hate more than all the flying levels combined, and it is called Treetops. Oh, that one was rough to get the, 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 hidden, the hidden dragon egg on. Yes. It is like the charging mechanic. I do not like the supercharge puzzles very much. And that level is literally nothing but supercharge puzzles. And it frustrated me so much, both in both when I played it years ago, when I played it just a few years ago when I got the original back out again. And man, yeah, just this past week, I, I was swearing up a storm at my PlayStation. Yeah, that that is the most annoying of the land levels. I think the flying levels, they wouldn't be annoying if they essentially gave you five more seconds. They are so close on some of them, and they, they get way more lenient as the next two games go. Good. Yeah, I, I got less frustrated with the flying levels as I kind of... I'm comparing them to the land levels in that, like, you can just kind of breeze through them, right? Like, you there's, oh, yeah. there's usually a, almost a set path that you have to follow, and... Whereas in the flying levels, once I gave myself some leeway and I was like, hey, don't try to finish it in your first couple runs. Just try to figure out the best pattern. Then I, I started getting them fairly like fairly quickly after that once I gave myself some slack. Because, yeah, I, I get real frustrated with those quickly. Yeah, same. I mean, once you figure out the pattern, it's fine. It's just like it controls so much differently than the normal game. I think you get used to the flying controls on the later two games that also help make it easier. It's just, it's so jarring to go from how the game normally handles to their flying controls, which are, it's just, I don't know, it's a weird disconnect. Yeah, because you don't have the same kind of response. When you're flying, you have to make these wide turns as, as opposed to when you're running around, you can you can turn on a dime. The, like you said, there some of the times are so, so close. That like when I I knew when I was making some of these runs, it was like, oh hey, I missed that treasure chest. Well, I have to start over. Yeah, you just know you're like you have to run it flawlessly, which is fine. It's doable. Like we're saying, it's hard. It's hard in the context of the rest of the Spyro games. Obviously, there's way harder things and games <laughs> out there, but it's just like such a normally like fun game to platinum. 
that those portions are jarring and just make you be like, man, they should have made this a little bit more lenient. And I think people would have liked enjoyed platinum it a lot more. It wouldn't have any negatives about it. That's like the only negative about that game. Yeah, I agree. Alright guys, and finally, Christian just actually bought a PlayStation 4, so I'm going, to, I'm going to go through some games that I think he should buy based on price and how much I enjoy the game. Now, these are games that I've actually played. I haven't included anything I have not played uh, in the first nine, and then on the tenth one, it's kind of a pick and choose where I'm going to list some games that I've not played but have done really well either this year or in past years. And so far, Christian, I think the best game that's bang for your buck is Dragon Age Inquisition because you can get it for around ten bucks. Yeah, um, do you have you ever played any of the Dragon Age games? I have not actually. So it might be an acquired taste. This was a little bit of a divisive game. I think it won a lot of Game of the Years when it came out. It was a launch. It was in the launch year of the PlayStation Four and Xbox uh, One. But I played this one a couple years after it came out. I got it for ten bucks, and it's actually what got me into Platinum Hunting. I enjoyed it that much. I put about 70 or 80 hours into my first playthrough and then I had to replay it on a higher difficulty and put in about like 20 or 30 to do that. I really like the game. It's one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4. It's a it's like an action RPG though. So if you, you don't like those, you might not like it. But at its price, I think it's one of the best bang for your buck games. Yeah, for 10 bucks, it would definitely at least be worth checking out. And another one that I actually beat this year and I believe I talked about on the show is Horizon Zero Dawn. It's really good. You can get $15 the standard, or you can pay $20 and you get the standard edition plus the DLC they have with it, which is supposed to also be really good. I, I haven't played the DLC. Horizon Zero Dawn is, it's, I actually think it's kind of similar to Spider-Man. So if you like Spider-Man, I think you will like Horizon Zero Dawn, where you have a big open world, you slowly unlock it, and you slowly un, uh, uh, unlock skills. But Horizon Zero Dawn is more of like a third-person shooter where you use a bow or different tools, and Spider-Man is a more action-oriented game. Yeah. The third game I would suggest picking up is Spider-Man. I, I've been playing it the past couple of days, and I love it. It's, like I said, one of my top games of 2018. You can get that for around $40. I'm not going to talk more about it because um, I talked about it earlier. Another game I would suggest getting if you like team shooters, I think this one is maybe not up everyone's alley, but I would really suggest picking up Overwatch. It is one of my favorite games on the PlayStation 4. I spent probably like six to seven months playing exclusively this and nothing else. And I I love it. It's lost a lot of player base since then just because it came out in 2016. You can get it for around 30 bucks, but it goes on sales and they have free weekends if you want to try it out. I, I think it's really fun. Nice. Now, is is Overwatch a subscription-based one or is it just one thing? No. So you would have to get PlayStation Plus, but once you buy it, it's you have it all the time. It's just an online shooter. Okay. The next one I would suggest, which I honestly think this is going to be one of those games that you see in 10 years or it's going to be on people's most underrated games list, Gravity Rush 2. I think it came out in 2017. I really like this game. It's really fun. They have you're basically a superhero. You have this weird mechanic where you alter gravity and then you can pick and choose which way you fly in. It's one of the few instances where they use the PlayStation 4 motion control kind of right where you can guide where you're going with it. You're you're going around these floating cities, you can run on walls, you can get these gravity powers to throw giant rocks. It's it's a really fun game. This past month it had gone on sale for like seven dollars which is an insane price for the game but you could normally find it for between 10 and 30 dollars depending on where where you're looking for it oh yeah that's not bad 
The next game I would suggest will be Wolf Among Us. It's from Telltale Games, which has gone out of business, but I think it's the best of their games, and I, I really like how they set up the game. You, it's essentially, if you ever read the comic book Fable, it is the prequel to that, and you're a PI trying to solve a murder, but you're actually a werewolf, and then you run into a bunch of fictional characters, and, and it's a, just a really fun game. It takes about 10 hours. Each chapter is about two hours. Pretty good game. You can pick it up for about 15 bucks right now. The seventh game I would suggest is, if you like driving games, Drive Club. It's pretty cheap, 15 bucks. I platinumed it this year and really enjoyed it. Uh, you can buy a ton of DLC, but I, I wouldn't suggest doing that unless you love the game. But for the base $15, it's a pretty good driving game that's a mix between like a realistic game and an arcade game. So it hit a sweet spot for me. This game I would suggest was Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I talked a little bit about earlier. If you can get on sale for about 30 bucks, but normally it's 60, but it's one of those games that's going to go down in price as the year goes on. And then finally would be the Spire Reignite trilogy, which we talked about earlier and you already have that one. So <laughs> don't have to worry about that, but that's uh, $40 normally. Yeah, I, I like I said, I already picked up Spider-Man, so I'm excited for that one. And uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey is definitely on my list. of I've heard from you, and I've heard from a couple other of my friends that work here that it's uh, it's a pretty solid one. Yeah, and just to round out number 10, these are games that I've not played or I've not put much time into but are supposed to be amazing. God of War has been almost everyone's game of the year for 2018. It's either that or Red Dead Redemption 2, both of Red Dead Redemption's uh, 60 bucks. God of War is about 40 right now. People love GTA 5. It's been like the highest grossing game for the past five years because they're online community. You can get Uncharted 4 for like 10 bucks right now. People really like that. Persona 5 is probably one of the best JRPGs. Rocket League is essentially race cars playing soccer <laughs> three on three. It's really fun. 15 bucks i love that game um it's it's very fun yeah i my uh, old roommate used to play rocket league all the time i remember watching yeah so good uh for seven bucks you can pick up middle or shadow of mordor uh, i didn't love it as much i played it but i couldn't really get into it so i didn't platinum it but some people really enjoy it if you like lord of the rings and stuff bloodborne is considered one of the best games by many people i couldn't get into it but i do like demon souls and the dark souls series so if you like a slower gameplay you could get dark souls remaster or faster bloodborne they're both about 20 bucks right now and then finally the one that i hear consistently online as being the best game of this generation is the witcher 3 you can pick up the standard edition for 15 bucks or you can get all the dlc for 30 I said Dragon Age Inquisition was the best bang for your buck, but hour to hour for 30 bucks getting everything. This probably is one of the most content-filled games where people love this game. Every side quest is handcrafted, but for whatever reason, I've only put like four or five hours into it. I could never get into it, but people who do get into it like swear by it. Mm. Yeah, I remember when that first came out thinking it looked pretty interesting, but yeah, I didn't have any other consoles back then. So those are the games I would some of the games I would suggest picking up. Uh, that are relatively cheap, I think. Most of these games, I think, are under 30 or 40 bucks. All right, and finally, we're going to be talking about our New Year's resolutions. Uh, Christian, what are your resolutions this year? Well, since I just spent all this money on a PlayStation 4, I think my resolution, well, one of my resolutions has got to be to play more video games. Like, I bought a PS3 kind of on impulse, and the only games I ended up buying for it were the Kingdom Hearts Remasters. And, like, they were super fun, but I don't think the PS4 was worth it just to play, like, those games. To be fair, I did get into, like, Skyrim for a little while, but I don't do well with open-world games. They give me anxiety, so <laughs> it didn't last long with that one. And I have one or two other things that I kind of tinkered with, but 
I think to to really make me feel like I didn't waste my money, I I need to branch out and get some more games. All right. Well, if you never need suggestions on smaller style games, I guess I would have tailored this list better than <laughs> I just gave you because some of them are of the world. But uh, all right, a- any other ones? Uh, I think just to branch out with my reading. God, God knows I read Sanderson religiously, but I don't read much of anything else. I think I kind of spoiled myself because I got so used to his writing that nothing else really appeals. But I, I would like to branch out even to just go back and read some like old classics stuff like uh, like the, the original Frankenstein or The Plague or No Exit, just something to round myself out a little bit. For 2018, I have more or less two resolutions. Number one is I want to specifically pat platinum three games. I want to finish Gravity Rush 2 and Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I talked a little bit about both of those. And then I want to finish the platinum on Dark Souls 3. It's such a long platinum, and part <laughs> of it is so grindy that – like I just got turned off on the game after like 50 hours and I just need to go back to it and push it out. And then my other one is I recently got an animation program and a capture card and I want to create, I want to get into creating animated video game reviews. Uh, So I at least this year want to put out one of those to try and figure out how to actually create a process to animate like, you know, shorts and that, and then incorporate them into video game reviews in some way. Nice. All right, guys, thanks for listening to our episode, and really thanks for listening to us in 2018. Hopefully 2019 will be a better year for us, and we will keep trying to improve the show in in some way. So if you guys have any suggestions, feel free to uh, let us know either at our Twitter or at Gambots Network or shoot us an email at gambots.blog at gmail.com. Or alternatively, if you can contact us, us at either of those for ideas for our Amazon review game. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Thank you.